This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's the run home on SNZ. Scotty and Dabee filling in for Kirsty today, I am. Uh, only today, though. She'll be back tomorrow. Looking forward to her being back on air with Beaver. It's been good fun, though, and it continues because we're going to talk some football now, Beef. Right in our wheelhouse, you could say. We've been waiting for this uh, all know. show. And what you don't know about football... Not well, worth it. It's not worth knowing, but... The man we're going to talk to right now is Jacob Spoonley, a former goalkeeper, of course, from New Zealand, and uh, a man who knows plenty about football, including the Champions League. Final first league games, round 16, set to be played tomorrow morning. Jacob, Man City playing in Leipzig, while Inter Milan are playing Porto. Uh, a, couple of, um, a couple of really interesting games. Should we talk about Liverpool first, though, and Real Madrid? PJ Stevenson and Eva. Uh, short answer. No. <laughs> just, uh, take a sabbatical. It's take a sabbatical. I'll come back to you at the end of the season. Mm. Hopefully we've signed June Ballinham. Hopefully mm. we can mm. look forward to the 2023-24 uh, iteration of Liverpool with a lot of hope and delight. Jeez, this that's a real was a aim that was absent both of those things. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, this is a generational issue as well. There's three of us in my family. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the, to the start of the club and... Um, that hurts. That hurts, Scotty. Well, it hurts at Anfield in particular, right? You'd, you'd want a more spirited and proud performance than, than they were able to show today. Um, but second legs beginning on the 8th of March. We go, well, let's talk about Man City. I mean, all the talk around the Premier League is obviously around Man City and, and what they've done and what they haven't done, uh, whether it's illegal, whether it's legal. This is going to go on for some time. But here they are in the Champions League and everyone turns a blind eye, it seems, when it's football time. What, what is the feeling around Man City actually, you know, being still part of the premierships, being still now in the Champions League, it feels like this is all backroom lawyer stuff and the game just goes on. Well, it's interesting. Um, I think what we're talking about here is what's called, or what's been coined as financial doping. Mm. So um, you'd, most of your listeners would say, oh, well, you know, you get a sponsorship agreement or you get some sort of revenue that comes in to um, exploit the platform that Man City do provide. And what an actual fact has occurred, or at least has been accused of occurring, is that because Man City are effectively owned by the UAE and those that run the UAE, um, they are able to um, leverage that control and go to somebody like an Emirates and say, hey, we need X amount of dollars poured in this year. And Emirates will say, great. And they will presumably go to the state government and say, can you provide us with this and make it look like a sponsorship agreement? So. That um, basically is exploiting um, and flying in the face of the financial fair play rules, which uh, have been put in place to ensure the financial stability of a lot of clubs. Because it doesn't necessarily happen at Premier League level, Mm. although we saw it happen with QPR when they went down to the championship. 
but people do spend and borrow based on future earnings, which are obviously conditional on staying at that level, and they don't always stay there. And Man City are the latest team that's been accused of this. And I would like to point out that Real Madrid and Barcelona have not paid their state or federal taxes in Spain for a number of years. So this is not an issue that's new, <laughs> nor is it limited to England. We're just going to put this down to football and be done with it. Well, I mean, if you if you start paying them in the UAE, there's no tax in the UAE, is there? So that's that's helpful for them too. <laughs> now, mate, before we get in a rabbit hole there around tax laws of the UAE, uh, the football ferns, but closer to home. What have you made? Obviously, a few international fixtures of late, leading into the World Cup. What are we thinking? That is a masterful pivot, Peter. It was actually. The, it was very good. Yeah. The tax of the UAE into the football fans. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think this is, um, there, there are a number of parallels to the Black Ferns and um, the rugby yeah. team that we saw preparing and then um, themselves having to pivot and obviously getting in the godlike um, Mr. Wayne Smith. Um, so they had a wonderful uh, flexibility and they adjusted so well in what was only months leading into that tournament. Um, Yika Kumkova has seen her team, I think, being given a bit of a reality check mm. um, over the last couple of days. We effectively saw a very polished and professional, but not necessarily a team filled with stars in Portugal, um, really put them um, pretty uh, close to the fire um, down in Hamilton. And then I think with everyone looking for a response against Argentina, um, we didn't quite see that. And there was an Argentinian team that was there to be exploited defensively, um, they had some real gaps and deficiencies, and I think they were apparent to everyone that was watching the game. Unfortunately, the Ferns didn't have the firepower to exploit those deficiencies, and the chances didn't come with regularity. So what I would like to say, and it is a large caveat, and um, bear with me, but we don't have necessarily our two starting midfielders in Rhea Percival and Annie Longo. Both um, are scheduled to come back just before the World Cup. The game against Argentina was also absent of CJ Bott, who I think is making a case of being one of the best firms on the field every time she steps onto the field. And Ali Riley, the inspirational leader, was also on the sidelines with a groin injury. Uh, and then factor in an elite who plays in the NWSL, um, sorry, the, the WSL in the, the UK for Aston Villa. And Vic Essen, who has captained the side as well, is in ranges and both those Goalkeepers were out. So if you start adding those things up, there's a bit of a spine that was missing from this team. You've almost and, given me a team. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the scary thing, Beaver, is if you want to tally up the caps that have been accumulated between those players, you're looking mm. in the thousands. Yeah. So there's a lot of experience there that was missing. What Kumkova, I think, has done, and this is fine under the radar, is she has built out the depth of the squad. So there is a burgeoning middle class of players. Younger players that are looking to have an opportunity to build a career aren't quite there yet. Uh, and we did see them potentially uh, be put to the test and not necessarily come up with all of the answers against both Portugal and Argentina. I just it, It's a fine point you make around the, the amount of talent that's still to come back into the squad for World Cup duty, uh, Jacob. But you know, the fact remains that this team has now played the US twice, played Portugal and played Argentina. They have conceded 16 goals and scored none. Um, they've got another chance against Argentina tomorrow night. 
And and it's great to build depth, but you don't want to build scar tissue too early in careers either, do you? And uh, these guys have got to find a way, these girls have got to find a way to find the back of the net, I think, just for their own confidence. This is the last international they'll play before the World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, surely this is the time they have to find a goal here, one, two, anything, just to say, look, this can be done. I think it's a really, really important point. And the cold, hard facts of the situation are, and I could be off slightly, but the point still stands. They have scored six goals in 15 or 16 games. And that does not make for happy reading. And uh, let's be frank about it. Scoring goals at the international level is something that is incredibly difficult. The All-Whites themselves went, um, I think it was close to 400 minutes without scoring a goal. And we've got one of the most potent strikers either side of the Tasman and Chris Wood. So um, it is very, very difficult. And I, we saw how difficult it was against Portugal, who were so organized. They literally did not give the Ferns an inch for the majority of the 90 minutes. So when I say it's a reality check, you might assume that's uh, putting the Ferns back on their heels a little bit. I also think that this is defining the problem for the Ferns and saying, look, this is the level that you need to get to. And just to your point about the internationals, Scotty, Actually, we've got a number left. So we'll have some pretty intensive um, preparations, both, I think, overseas and then also in New Zealand right before the World Cup. So this is not the last chance. This is not the last boat that's leaving necessarily. Great. But we do need to see that improvement. And I think mm. a lot of it is going to um, come from how competitive the Wellington Phoenix can be. Because if we say that we don't have those same players, they're still injured, they might not be ready for the World Cup itself, which would be a terrible shame, then we do need to rely on the players that Yeka Konkova has assembled in this window. And I think they really need to put the bit between their teeth. They are, a lot of those players are younger players, mm. and I do think they have the ability to respond, but they're going to need to do so quickly now. Finally, mates, and, and very briefly, uh, we'll flick to the men's Phoenix, uh, beat Western United well over the weekend. Uh, to bed their penalty woes. I think it was the first time they'd converted uh, this season. Um, not much separating the top teams in this competition, but it's very, very close. Uh, where are the Phoenix placed in your eyes uh, heading up to uh, take on the Central Coast in the next game? Massive, massive game. It's a six-pointer against Central Coast, and the Wellington Phoenix have already demonstrated an ability to meet Central Coast, who are the entertainers of the competition, mm. eye to eye. So this is going to be an absolute dogfight on Friday night, and it's going to be one that's got fireworks because both teams love scoring goals. You then truck and trailer that with the Phoenix returning home after a month to play Newcastle and Sydney. Both of those teams are in the peloton that makes up the majority of the A-League at the moment. So the Phoenix could come out of the next three games either in that peloton mm. or they could firmly cement themselves as the team that's second in the competition. And that is the carrot that Ufuk Tale and this Phoenix inside have dangling in front of them at the moment. And having chatted to a couple of boys during the week, they know this and they're hugely motivated to not only score those goals, but to correct some of those defensive issues that have been a bit of an anchor on them so far this season. And mate, finally, one very quick question. Uh, Roy Krishna holds uh, the scoring record for the Phoenix, uh, 19 goals in a season. Oscar Zwada has nine already, nine games to go, I think, in the regular season. Uh, do you think he's a chance? I think if Jan Sass, if uh, Krajev and if David Ball start playing like they did against Western United, you're going to see Oscar Zwada go on even more of a tear. So... It's a long shot at the moment. He's got a bit to make up on Roy Krishna, mm. the wonderful Fijian flyer. But 
I think this is a case where if they do hit their straps collectively, he's going to be the man to profit. You're a legend, Jacob. Uh, what you don't know about the game, uh, certainly I don't need to know and I don't want to know. Always a pleasure uh, to talk to you and get your knowledge. <laughs> Uh, you've certainly upgraded us. And uh, Beef and I have got Speak some homework to do now. Uh, actually, Ricardo Ball's been in touch. Here's a footy stat before you leave, Jacob. Real Madrid have scored more goals in England in 2023 than Chelsea. So there you go. Can you tell Ricardo to be quiet on the couch, mate? I don't need to hear that from an <laughs> fan. And I'm going to avoid you boys after a Liverpool loss going forward. Yes. Oh, never never after a loss. Never after a loss has been noted. Jacob Spoonley, uh, footballing mastermind. Thanks so much for joining us on The Run Home, buddy.